Mexico and places that are being uh, hit with bad weather, Lord, uh, we pray that you would bless them, especially those of the household of faith, Lord, that you would help them, Lord, to uh, not uh, suffer much property damage or, or loss of life or, or injuries or anything, Lord. We pray that you would get them through it, Lord. And God, we just want to thank you and praise you, Lord. You are an awesome God. And Lord, we go through many things in this life, and we don't understand a whole lot of what's going on around us, Lord. But help us, Lord, to trust you, Lord, to put our faith in you and to walk by faith, Lord. You are an awesome God, and we give you glory, we give you praise, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I've really enjoyed uh, this Genesis journey. Amen. Because uh, I, I... I'll just be honest with you. I thought I just knew everything that needed to be known about Genesis. Amen. It's one of the first books that you read, and it's and it's a book that uh, throughout Sunday school, uh, I mean the te- the Sunday school teacher is in Genesis a lot. Amen. Talking about all these Bible characters, but when you really begin to dig, you see a lot of humanity, and I'm talking about our own humanity, uh, revealed. Uh, in Genesis, Amen. Uh, we, one I, I, one glaring thing that comes to mind as I go through Genesis is these people are flawed. These people have character flaws. And who are these p- people supposed to be? The chosen people of God. I mean, th- these are God's chosen people. Yet they're imperfect, Amen. And that, you know, that gives me a lot of great hope. If God loved these people, then some of these people did some pretty pretty bad things. You know, uh, they haven't done anything worse than me. I probably haven't done anything worse than them. But if God will love them, he'll love me too. If God will have patience with these people to work out, work out their, their struggles, if God will... Start with uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all through their lives and, and have patience with them while they're making all these mistakes. God will do the same for me. Amen. I have hope that I have hope to hang on just because I make a mistake or two here and there. That, you know, just to hang on because God will work with you. Amen. God's like a, like a, one of those creditors. Hey, you know, don't uh, don't uh, stop answering your phone. You know, work with me here. I'll work with you. Amen. God will work with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that gives me great hope. Now, uh, I'm sure. Uh, well, Genesis 46 uh, is broken up into like basic three basic uh, parts. First of all, the journey. The second of all, it goes into the genealogy and the head count of all who went. And then it talks about the rendezvous, the climax uh, of this story that's been building for weeks now. Amen. Uh, uh, a son that was left, I mean, uh, given up for dead because uh, the father didn't know what happened to him, didn't know the true story, and he thought, he thought his son was dead. And then we have the son on the other side wanting to get back and re- reunite with his father and his family. You know, he, he found the process of, Forgiveness, and he worked through. He worked through a lot of stuff while he was in prison, while he was suffering, while he was 
uh, you know, away from his family. So he worked through a lot, worked a lot of that stuff out so that by the time he did uh, meet up with his brothers, he was ready for forgiveness. He was ready, uh, you know, to let bygones be bygones and let the purpose of God that was planted in his life uh, be revealed. And the and the, 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 the I guess the biggest purpose of God in his life was to save. Uh, Israel, or to save the family of Israel, and, and to save them through that drought, and, and probably a whole lot of other things that we're not even aware of. Amen. Because God's working in many different levels in our lives. He's working a lot of things in our lives. Amen. And it's it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on. Because not only is he working in Victor's life, he's working in my life. You know, he's working in Lace's uh, life. God wants to work in your life. All he needs is a willing participant. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, I want to uh, read the first uh, seven uh, verses and uh, because that's kind of the first part. We're talking about the journey here. Uh, Genesis uh, chapter 46, verse 1. So Israel, or Jacob, took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I, or here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Then Jacob set out from Beersheba. The sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, their little ones, and their wives in the wagons that Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They also took their livestock and their goods, which they had gained in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, all his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. Amen. Now, uh, I want to point out something about Egypt. Uh, I think we have a slide for uh, Genesis chapter 26 and verse 2. Uh, this, this is... We're going back in time here for a moment to, to bring forth a point. And Genesis uh, 26, 2 says, And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. So in 26, God said, Don't go to Egypt. So here comes Joseph and said, Come up to Egypt. Now there's a conflict. You know, sometimes... We have conflicts in family between family and God. Amen. Uh, God told us one thing. Family's telling us another. Amen. So th th that explains why that uh, he went to Beersheba. Now, uh, wh wh why did he go to Beersheba? You know, why didn't he just go straight to Egypt? Why did he have to make a stop in Beersheba? Well, there's a good uh, good reason for that. In uh, uh, Genesis chapter 21... Uh, verse 33. Just, uh, they got the slide on that one. The slide is 
coming up. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. So uh, Abraham had set up an altar in Beersheba. Now let's go to Genesis 26, verse 25. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. So uh, his grandfather had made an altar there to God. His, his father had made an altar there to God. So I guess uh, in, in just, uh, I guess, family succession, you know, uh, family tradition, uh, Jacob wanted to inquire of God because he, he had this love for his son that he wanted to, to see that he thought was dead. So you can imagine the excitement. You know, if you, if you had a, a child that was dead and you, you found out he was alive, and man, everything within you would be wanting to go find your baby. Amen? But God said, don't go to Egypt. So that's why uh, uh, Isaac, or Jacob went to Beersheba. He wanted to go build an altar and, and make a sacrifice to God and inquire of God to make sure that what he was doing was right. And, and we can take heart to the same thing. Uh, sometimes we have decisions to make in life. Amen. And it does us well to inquire of God first, first before we just go uh, off, uh, you know, shooting at the hip and just, you know, aiming at everything. Uh, sometimes it's good to inquire of God. Is this a good decision? Should I buy a car right now? You know, uh, you know, God knows the end from the beginning. God knows what's going to happen six months from now. You know, the economy could take a downturn. If we went in, got a, all, you know, up to our neck in debt, you know, so it's good to inquire. I, I inquire, uh, God, you know, help me in this. Help me, you know, should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? Should I make this decision? Should I make uh, this contract agreement? You know, so it's, it's good to inquire of God in everything that you do in life. So uh, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. So God's answering his question. Don't be afraid. You got a green light now. I'm sending you to them down there. He says, for I will make you into a great nation. Now, we've heard that before a couple times already because God gave the same promise to Abraham and he gave the same promise to his father, Isaac, that he would make them a great nation. Amen. This is the bloodline uh, uh, that leads up to Christ. Amen. This is this is uh, the patriarchal family. They're an important family. They're they're not be any better or any worse than any other people on, on the planet. Amen. But God chose them. Amen. And it's like. You ever wonder why God chose me? Why God allowed his gospel to be presented to me in a way that I could receive it and, and, and live for him and be a part of the family of God? Amen. I, I know I don't deserve it. Amen. But praise God for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, I myself will go down with you to Egypt and I will bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Now, if you're not exactly sure what that means, I was watching a cowboy movie the other day. Uh, remember uh, Clint Eastwood and Josie Wales? Yes. Josie Wales, he had that young kid that was uh, following him around and going with him. 
and they got in a, in a gunfight, and the kid got, gets a, takes a bullet to the chest, and the, the kid's not doing, uh, doing too well for, quite, for a big part of the movie there. And the kid just keeps getting worse and worse. And in one scene, all of, Clint Eastwood turns around, looks over at the kid, and he's, and he's laying back just looking up, but he's not breathing or anything. And, and he instantly noticed that the kid had died. And the first thing he does, he's, he puts his hand on his eyes, and he shuts his eyes. Because that's, you know, when people die with their eyes open, they don't have no muscles to close their eyes, so you have to close their eyes for them. So that's what uh, God is telling uh, Jacob. Hey, you're going to, you're going to uh, go to Egypt. You're going to see your son, and he'll be the one that closes your eyes. So that's a great comfort that you know they're going to be together, uh, all the way up to the end of, of where he dies. Amen. So uh, that's a great comfort and a great uh, promise uh, to Joseph. Amen. I mean uh, to Jacob uh, uh, about his future. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then Jacob set out from Beersheba. Amen. So uh, Jacob, basically, he gets all this cleared up with God. He gets God's green light uh, to proceed uh, forth. So he, he leaves out from Beersheba. The sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, their little ones, and it, uh, all, ever, all, the, all the people loaded up on the wagons that uh, Pharaoh had provided. Now, uh, I noticed something in verse 6. They also took their livestock and their goods, which they had gained in the land of Canaan. Now, if you remember uh, either uh, last uh, lesson or the lesson before, didn't Pharaoh say, leave all your stuff there? I'll, 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 take, I'll take care of you. Just leave all your stuff. They loaded up everything. You know, and I think they kind of had the spirit of Abraham. Remember, Abraham did not want to take anything from the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, lest that uh, they could say that, we made Abraham rich. Amen. Abraham said, no, I don't, I don't want anything from you. Amen. Uh, he, he refused everything. In fact, instead of taking stuff, he gave 10% to Melchizedek, uh, the priest. Amen. So uh, that, that was just the way they were. They, uh, so they didn't want anything from uh, Pharaoh either, except a place to live. And uh, so... Uh, and, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his offspring with him. And uh, that goes, uh, leads into the second part, or the genealogy and the head count. Now, I'm not going to go through all of these names. Uh, they are important, but uh, for tonight's purpose, uh, they're not important for tonight's purpose, but they are important because they're included in the Word of God. And, and a lot of these names come up in the genealogy uh, uh, of Christ uh, in, uh, in, the, in the book of uh, Matthew and also in the book of Luke uh, the, where the genealogies and I'll just, throw, I'll just throw this in for free if you've ever read the genealogies in Matthew and the genealogy in, uh, in Luke you'll notice they're a little bit different they're different but that's, that's not a mistake in the word of God because one has the genealogy of Mary his uh, Christ's mother, and the other has the genealogy of Joseph. So if anybody wanted to, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, try to refute uh, that Jesus came from the lineage of David, uh, either way, if they counted Joseph as his father, Joseph had a, 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 a bloodline back to David. 
and they wanted to discount Mary. Well, Mary had a bloodline back to David, so you know he did fulfill the prophecy uh, that he would you know be in the bloodline of David. Amen. But uh, I'll read verse 26 and and verse 27, and because this is kind of a summary of all the the head count and the genealogy portion of uh, chapter 46 it says all the persons belonging to Jacob who came into Egypt who were his own descendants, not including Jacob's sons' wives, were 66 persons in all. And the sons of Joseph, who were born to him in Egypt, were two. All the persons of the house of Jacob who came into Egypt were 70. Now, I guess uh, you had 66 people uh, that came from Jacob. Then you had Jacob, and then you had the two sons of Joseph, and then you had Joseph, who was in Egypt. So all of them totaled together uh, were 70. Amen. Now the last portion is uh, the, uh, the rendezvous, amen, of uh, Joseph and uh, Jacob. Praise the Lord. Verse 28, he had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to show the way before him in Goshen. And they came into the land of, Joseph, uh, of Goshen. Now, I notice a, a name here, Judah. Judah. He's, wasn't he the one that uh, was the ringleader in uh, putting Joseph in the pit? Wasn't he the ringleader that, <laughs> that wanted to kill him? <laughs> and here he is because uh, Jacob at this point is pretty old. And so, so Judah, he's kind of the ringleader trying to save the family, trying to be a leader in the family, trying to do the right thing now. He, Judah has changed a whole lot over the years. Amen. Uh, all of the brothers of uh, Joseph uh, have changed over the years. Amen. And we've, we've seen that in the, in the previous lessons, how that uh, they were acting a whole lot different than they did uh, when, when they took Jacob, that bloody coat of many colors, and, and gave that uh, bogus story about how uh, their brother had been killed by an animal. Amen. So these... These men have changed. And haven't we changed over the years? <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't, I don't want to list all my scandals, <laughs> but I have a few. Amen. I, uh, we all have some scandals. We don't brag about it. <laughs> we don't advertise it. Amen. But praise God, be to God, you know, that in my personal journal, you know, I know what God has done in my life, you know. I don't uh, need external evidence. I have enough evidence right here in my heart, yeah. in my life, of, that God is able. Amen. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Amen. I know my Redeemer lives. Amen. I know that He will work in my life. Amen. Praise God. So uh, verse 29 says, Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, in Goshen. He presented him to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Now, when we read the Bible, it's, it's, have you ever had the, the, uh, uh, the sin or, or the experience of texting people or watching other people's conversation and, and texting? And, and you're not quite clear uh, what the context is because there's that missing element of that body language and and, and, and the inflection in the voice and all those things. And sometimes you're not sure if they're joking or if they're dead serious, you know. So, uh, so, so sometimes 
in the Bible, we miss a lot of things because we're not there experiencing it. But that's where we need to slow down in the scriptures and say, wait a minute, you know, how would I be feeling? How would I be reacting or acting in this scenario? And uh, yeah, they, they, they wept on each other. But what we need to do is put yourself in that situation. What if my son had been missing for over 10 years? Or what if I haven't seen my father for over 10 years? And, you know, in, in this situation with Joseph and Jacob, it wasn't one of those prodigal son moments like you have in Luke chapter 15. It wasn't one of those things where pops, uh, you're not dead yet or anything, but could you still give me your inheritance and let me go uh, live a wild life uh, just because I feel like it and because, you know, I, I don't really respect you like I should. It wasn't one of those relationships. It was a close relationship. Joseph loved his father, Jacob. And Jacob dearly loved uh, to a fault, his son, Joseph. Amen. It, it wasn't a contentious relationship. Amen. It was a, a loving father-son relationship. Amen. So there was not a, any bad blood between them. Uh, so you can imagine that there was not a whole lot of stuff to get through to realize that they loved each other. They loved each other dearly. Amen. They missed each other. Amen. It was hurtful for both of them. And so here they are. You can imagine there's going to be some tears. You, you, can, you can guarantee in a situation like that, there's going to be some waterworks. Amen. 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 So Israel said to Joseph, now let me die since I have seen your face and know that you are still alive. You know, uh, I uh, saw this uh, story. Uh, you, you might have even heard of it. A little boy that uh, had... He died or something uh, at the hospital. And when he came back, he started telling his mother about these heaven stories. And uh, so the little boy describes a man that he had seen there. And it sounded just like her father. He had never, he had never met his grandfather, but he met him in heaven. And he described him perfectly, but he described him as a very young man. Amen. And, this, you know, it's kind of blowing his mom's mind. And then he said, I met my brother. He met, and his wife uh, and his mother said, well, you don't have a brother. But she realized she had had a miscarriage. She, her, her, her son was still alive. He was still alive. Amen. And what, what, yeah, yeah. So, uh. Amen. To, to, to know that your child is still alive, that's, that's an awesome comfort to a parent. You know, one of the worst things that can happen is, is, is a parent to lose a child. Amen. Because it's not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to work out that way. Praise the Lord. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and will say to him, my brothers and my father's household, who were in the land of Canaan, have come to me. And the men are shepherds, for they have been keepers of livestock, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all they have. When Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation? You shall say, your servants have been keepers of livestock from our youth even until now, 
both we and our fathers, in order that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Now, what's going on here? This is a very important portion of Scripture. What is going on here? Joseph gathers up the family and says, here's what you're going to say when Pharaoh asks you what you do for a living. He's telling them, get your story straight. Because it was true. They, they were livestock keepers. Now, some of them might have had other occupations. Some of them might have had other, uh, other interests and stuff. But their basic livelihood of the whole family was that they were livestock keepers. People that are an abomination to the Egyptians. Are, in fact, when they're going into this land, they're going to be looked down upon. Why, why, why would Joseph say that? I believe that Joseph said this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This was God's plan uh, for them because God did not want the people of Israel to assimilate into the culture of the Egyptians. God wanted them, God has always wanted his people to be a separate people. And, and uh, he, he wanted them to not assimilate and be like the Egyptians. He wanted to dwell with the Egyptians, but not as the Egyptians. Or uh, uh, you, you might have heard the, the old uh, saying, in the world, but not of the world. Or insulated, but not isolated. Amen. So they were there with them, but they weren't them. Amen. And that was the point that God was trying to get through uh, using Joseph as his spokesman. Amen. Uh, to, for the people to not assimilate into the Egyptian culture. And there's a lesson in that for us today, too, because there's a lot of social peer pressure to be like the world, to say, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, that people are born that way and, and, and or or, uh, or 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 just to say that it's OK uh, to, to live any way that you want to. Now, if any precursory reading of the Bible. It's not okay to live any way that you want. Amen. It, that's pretty evident. Amen. But today's culture uh, is uh, anything goes. Uh, you know, anything goes. I mean, I hear stuff in the news all the time that, uh, you know, I, I, I thought I've been shocked enough before and then someone comes up with a new sin. Someone comes up with a new low Someone comes up with a new degradation that I've never heard of before every once in a while. Amen. This world continues to get worse and worse and worse. Amen. But God has set forth a standard for his people to live by. God has set a standard for us to live by. And he doesn't want us to, to be the culture. He wants us to be a people that are set apart uh, from this world. Amen. Because we have a different uh, agenda. We have a different destination. Uh, from from this old world, Amen. Uh, Amen. Amen. We we have, we have an awesome future, Amen. And the, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And if you if you if you notice one thing about the patriarchal family, uh, Jacob, uh, I mean uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they predated the law of Moses. They predated the law. So what did they live by? They, they didn't live by law. What did they live by? They lived by faith. Amen. They, they, they live by faith. Amen. That is our destiny, to live by faith. 
faith in God, faith in what God has revealed unto us. Amen. God will lead us. God will go with us. He, he, he told uh, Jacob, I'll go with you all the way to Egypt. I, 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 I'm, I'm right here with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going with you. God will go with us through this journey called life. Amen. God, God is with us every step of the way. And if we can take one thing from this, uh, especially verse, I mean, chapter 46, God's going to be with us. Amen. God's going to be with us all the way. He's going to stay with us. And God stayed with uh, Israel or the greater Israel because God, uh, well, the Bible refers to Israel, the man and Israel, the people, Israel, the people of God. He stayed with them 400 years in Egypt, in the land of Goshen. Goshen was that one place where the, the, the Hebrew or the Israelites stayed. That was, that was their place. They stayed outside of, uh, outside of the, the, the city there uh, of Pharaoh. But uh, we all have a Goshen. I am an American. I'm proud to be an American. Amen. I have a little bit of nationalism in, in me. I, I love this land. But it is my Goshen because I have another land. I have another home. Amen. I, I'm just dwelling here until I can go back to the promised land. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This world is not my home. Amen. I'm trying to think of an old song. This world is not my home. <laughs> it's one of those old black gospel uh, but uh, it's true. We're, we're just in a holding pattern. We're just in a temporary. It's, it's like one of those, uh, the hotels that got the, the long-term uh, residences, you know, where you, you can stay for a month or two or whatever, depending on your circumstances are. It's, it's more than just a hotel uh, room. Uh, it has a little more amenities to it to make it a little bit more comfortable because you're staying there long-term. Amen. That's what this world is for us. It's just a place to stay until we get home. Amen. And, and before Pastor Willie uh, came in, I was talking about how that I thought I knew pretty much everything needed, uh, needed to be known. <laughs> I just thought, thought I knew it all, but you know, God, God had a, 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 something else for me, you know, because you start, there's different ways to study the Bible. Uh, you can read the Bible, you can study the Bible, and then you can meditate on the Bible. Amen. That's kind of like three levels of, of learning uh, scripture. Amen. We read the Bible, but when you study it and get down into it and start dissecting it and getting into the in, in between the lines, so to speak, and see what it's really saying, and then those scriptures come up through you. You'd be uh, doing your job or something. And that scripture you heard back back on Wednesday night comes up. And you start thinking about these things. You start ruminating and meditating upon these things. And these it becomes real to you. Especially when it matches something that's happening in your life at the time. That, that's why the, the word of God will last forever. Because as long as we're here, we're going to have trouble and situations in life. And we will see ourselves in these scriptures. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We will we will see, you know, you th you think you uh, came out of a dysfunctional family? Look in the Bible. <laughs> Amen. 
There's all kinds of dysfunctional people in there. Because why, why is that? It's not by choice. Amen. We were broken from the get-go. We were broken from back in the garden. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, they passed the curse on to us. Amen. But we have a Savior. But we have a God, a patient God, patient enough to, to, to lead these three men through their lives. He's patient enough to take us through our lives. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm, the, I'm the chief Indian. And <laughs> Amen. I mean, you know, and, and, and it's amazing. You know, uh, I've been really living for God uh, for probably almost 33 years now. I mean, I, I thought I was living for God before, but I was, I had religion and <laughs> something to make me feel good when I went down, went to go to bed at night. So I wasn't scared of going to hell, but <laughs> I wasn't living like I should. Amen. Put it that way. But uh, when I was about almost 27 years old, I decided to give my heart to the Lord and, and really get in with both feet and, and, and live this thing. And, but you know, every once in a while I, I do something stupid. I mean, I just can't help myself. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, it, not for the lack of trying, you know, not for the lack of trying, you know, but every once in a while I just do something stupid. And then I have to go crawling back to the uh, cross and I say, Father, help me. Uh, I blew it again. And you know what? Yeah. Yeah. But he's always faithful. To reach down and brush us off and wipe our nose, change our diaper, and put us back in the crib. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Right. Yeah. Excellent point. Amen. Can't walk away and get it wrong once 
sleep for that. <laughs> it's not easy. It's hard. You're going to struggle with it for a long time. You're going to go back and forth. But ultimately, at the end of it, you have the satisfaction of Christ. And why, why, do we, why do we care so much about what the world thinks about us? You know, Why do we care so much? Right. Amen. Amen. Learning to care less, you know. When you care less, you certainly do care more. Right, exactly. I think as you're moving on in your journey with Christ, you care more towards what Christ thinks, what Christ wants. You're working on being more Christ centered. That's where your care should go. It doesn't mean you just necessarily care less. I think that your care shifts. Yeah. Right. Right. What my Savior wants for me is what matters. Yeah. And I choose to follow him. So you just start letting the Christian flag fly and the people's stuff at you. You just keep on moving right on and don't care. Yep. And, and I think what you realize is that those people you thought were your friends, <laughs> they're really not your friends because when you start to really be yourself, they find other things to do. Absolutely. You know, there is this, nothing more yeah. eye-opening than, and it sounds so silly to say it this way, but there is nothing more eye-opening Coming out as a Christian in your friend group, seeing who falls off and stays. <laughs> yep. Whether they share your belief or not. Right. You'll see who falls and who stays. This is like uh, when you're a teen and some of your friends know that uh, you don't smoke weed or you don't drink. Mm-hmm. They will give you weed. They will give you beer. They will give you whatever you want to drink. And then when you get in hooked in with them, you, hey, you got to get your own now. You know. <laughs> they they evangelize you <laughs> into their lifestyle, you know. <laughs> right. Some people just automatically take offense uh, just just because you have a standard that's set. You know, it's not their standard, so they automatically feel, you know. They start judging. They think that you're judging them because you you are a Christian and you should be, but you don't participate in the world. I say to them, if you think I'm judging you heavily, then maybe you need to start being quiet. 
tell me some things if you're thinking the scene is suggesting. Yeah. So maybe you should be quiet and listen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Anybody else have any input or questions or? Only plan to go half an hour. And <laughs> that's what I get. That's what I get for not having uh, enough notes. <laughs> Just, uh, amen. But uh, uh, there's uh, what uh, four more chapters. Uh, four, four, there's four more chapters, and then there's a lot more action still, uh, still to come. <laughs> and then we'll start in the book of Hebrews. And uh, Hebrews is a is a wild ride too. Uh, it, uh, it goes back and forth between the New Testament and Old Testament and kind of ties the two together. So uh, it's going to be a good ride. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and, uh, and remember to not, uh, you, you've read the word, you've studied the word and spend a little time in the week uh, to meditate on the word. Amen. To get, uh, get it down in your spirit. Amen. Where that uh, really where it can really help. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't take lightly this st uh, Bible study. Amen. It, uh, it's, uh, I can think uh, over the past 30 some years, you know, I went through a lot of Bible studies, a lot of sermons. And even today, sometimes I'll get a little snippet, you know, of one of my old pastors saying something, something, you know, something that ministers uh, to me even today. And I'm sure that y'all probably had the same uh, experience, you know. You remember something an old pastor said, and and uh, and, it, and it makes sense in, in something that you're involved in at the moment. Amen. And it and it, and it came from the Word of God, and it ministers to you. And, and it ha but that's the way the Word of God is. It it's a living, it's a living thing. The Word of God. It's it's living. Amen. It's it's alive and full of power. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and uh, we'll be dismissed tonight. Lord, Heavenly Father, you are great and greatly to be praised and your word is awesome. Your word is, oh Lord, the, the only thing that uh, we need, Lord. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Lord, there is life in your word. It is alive, Lord, and it's alive in us when we take it in and when we study it and and, and meditate upon it, Lord. It becomes a part of us, O oh Lord. Your word living and working in us, O oh Lord, is an awesome thing. And we thank you for it. And we pray that you would continue uh, to bless those that we prayed for tonight, Lord. And those that are needing your hand to move in their lives, Lord. Uh, Lord, those, uh, those, those that are suffering uh, physical uh physical things and those that are going through spiritual battles and and uh, lord we know that you'll help them all through the way lord we're, we're praying for them lord that your hand will move in their lives we thank you for it lord we believe you for it lord and god we pray that you would walk with us lord throughout the rest of the week lord and help us to return on sunday to give you glory and we thank and praise you in jesus name amen 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 church dismissed